Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Homeownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie out of the greater Cincinnati area and well um, greater Dayton area and greater northern Kentucky area and so forth and today's episode is titled Fine Condo on Vine. Yes, Fine Condo on Vine. So what is that all about? Well, we have a Vine Street in Cincinnati that actually is technically probably a uh, federal road that is uh, Route 4 that extends all the way from downtown Cincinnati practically to the water. Actually, it does go to the water, except it's blocked maybe by the football stadium or baseball stadium, somewhere in there. And it continues all the way up north, pretty far north. How far north? Really far north. I'm not really sure. But that being said, on Vine Street downtown, near the water, as I've said in the past, all river cities start with the oldest stuff near the river because that was built first. So how old was this condo? Well, there's really two dates. And most condos that have been, um, that are more uh, modern with the historical look, in other words, some old building got bought by an investor, they tore it apart, demoed a whole bunch of stuff, put in some new stuff, kept some old stuff, and it looks really cool. So that's pretty much what they do. So this one was built in 1875, and it was on the 400 block. So what does that mean? You typically have a street that's synonymous with Water Street. Then you have one that maybe is titled Front Street. Then you have uh, and, and they really don't have, um, a lot of places don't have First Street, but some do. Uh, I know where I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, they did have a Front Street, and they still do. And then they have Second, Third, and Fourth. So somewhere around Fourth Street area was this condo um, on Vine Street. And it is uh, five stories tall, and this unit was indeed on the sixth floor so that means that I was able to get on the roof, and I'll talk about that in a little while. So what is this condo all about? How did it go? What did you look for? Um, what do you typically look for in, in buildings that have been renovated? And by the way, so I gave you the first date of 1875. The second date is 2004. So that means that the renovation was done in 2004. Now, permitting, demo, all that stuff tends to take place, but you really need to make sure you are waterproof while you are doing a renovation. So typically, a roof that's been replaced would predate sometimes a renovation making, say, 2004, that roof is somewhere around 17, 18, 19 years old, somewhere in there, close enough for horseshoes. Um, and this was a this was a fun inspection. It was a, a larger condo, one of about 1,600 square feet, had two full bathrooms. It was on the fifth floor, which, by the way, was the penthouse floor. This wasn't the penthouse, which was about 2,500 square feet, but the penthouse was down the hall right across from it. And uh, I kind of nicknamed this one the sub penthouse. So it's 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 still top floor, great views. Um, if you were 
really brave, you could get on the roof. Um, I'll just say, when I did go on the roof, um, it, it's kind of a good thing that, that my wife and I have gone hiking at various national parks and have overlooks of thousand foot drops and that sort of thing. Because getting on this set of stairs, fire escape, getting up to the roof was 18 inches wide and the railing that was a safety railing was probably two and a half feet off the railing and it was five stories down on top of some air conditioners and so it was just a little bit a little bit for the not for the faint of heart I'll say that um, so I got on the roof fine and uh, the roof uh, did appear to be about 18 years thereabout and the air conditioner was on the roof now it was 52 degrees at the time of the inspection so we we turned it on wide not to run it, not to wear out the compressor or do any damage, but to really just identify which unit was the one. Because a lot of times, I would say with a 90% confidence, we go to condo inspections and they're not labeled. I don't know why people can't label their air conditioners on the roof. When you have a sea of air conditioners, there were six of them up there to choose from in this particular on this particular roof. <clears throat> but um, we did identify it, and it was indeed four years old. So uh, that was not the original air conditioner from the renovation. In fact, probably got replaced, well, uh, 16 years into the renovation thereabout. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's, that's all good. And uh, the furnace was also the same age, so they replaced those at the same time. And go figure, they replaced the water heater at the same time as well. Now, let's, uh, let's, let's start from the front of the building. Um, when you are downtown in Cincinnati, and, and we're have, we have the Blink Festival going on right now, which is an amazing array of, of light um, artistry, I'll call it that, of colors and swirls and patterns and incredible things. Um, I cannot imagine the number of connections and wires and and cabling and and synthesizers and all kinds of different stuff that are used for this festival but uh, that being said being kind of in the heart of this this condo uh, lends itself to um, it was a good thing we were parking uh, during the day at a meter and not during the night because night would have been impossible um, downtown is just mobbed with with cars and people uh, for the festival, which is a good thing for, for Cincinnati, and we'll take it where we can get it. Um, so uh, back to the condo, I digress, and, and I derail my own train, which I do a lot of times. Um, the condo, uh, so you had an entrance area, lobby, pretty nicely done there, and you got uh, you got fire suppression system, so there's a sprinkler system, you've got emergency lights, uh, fire extinguishers that were all the stuff was up to date as far as the inspections from um, less than a <clears throat> less than a few months old for sure, two months old actually for the inspection. So that's good. Do we inspect the fire suppression systems and test them out? No, uh, but we do look for the inspection tags and stickers and and so forth and so on. Same thing with the elevator. We're really not qualified to inspect those, although we do ride it up to it. Sometimes the closet for the elevator is open and the, and the machinery motor um, and, and all that stuff is in there with the, 
disconnects and 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 so forth. This this closet was locked. That's not a big deal. But those do need to get inspected annually as well by uh, either by the city of Cincinnati or a qualified technician just for good maintenance. And they do what's called PMs, preventative maintenance on these things. And that's uh, part of part and parcel of living in a condo with a elevator and with a fire suppression system um, and and so forth. All right. So we get to the unit. And what's really cool about these condos that are downtown, the ones that are done really well, which is probably about 80 to 90 percent of them, they tend to keep at least one brick wall inside and they put a nice, light, subtle coat of lacquer on it which is really nice has a very subtle sheen to it preventing dust but it gives you that nice rustic uh, historical look um, and so forth and so on that's really neat they tend to do really nice job on the floors sometimes you have lvt which i believe this one had luxury vinyl tile some of them have bamboo floors um, we've seen everything in between very rarely do you have a really crappy cheap laminate floor um, I really don't see that that often. And the windows in this place were from, I think they were original from 1875. They had the metal tags on them, which were, were nailed on with little tiny brad nails. And uh, uh, somebody, Lee was the name of the, uh, the manufacturer, probably somewhere in Cincinnati, because we are known for very historical manufacturing along Spring Grove Avenue, and I think we supplied World War II with tons of ball bearings and metal parts and all kinds of stuff. Um, World War II probably for the U.S. wouldn't have wouldn't have been successful without Spring Grove Avenue in Cincinnati. Um, that being said, back to the inspection, uh, a lot of the stuff of that era was manufactured in Cincinnati. Probably even the wood that was used in this building uh, was probably hand hewn. Uh, 1875. That's where you had. If you said the, if you said it was a two by 14, it really was every bit of two inches by 14 inches by whatever length it is. Um, this building was just solid. Now the other thing you see when they wire stuff, they have the um, conduit, exterior conduit, um, because they they can't really run wires through a brick wall, so you can't do that. Uh, so a lot of the electric is is outside the wall, and that's okay. It gives it that kind of a industrial steampunk kind of look um, mixed with the historical. And then you had a couple of really cool ceiling fans, which I remember seeing those at uh, one of the stores, and I almost bought one of those, but uh, I didn't. But So there were two of them here, so I got to enjoy them. And the bathrooms, uh, the tile was done really nicely. Um really well done. And, and the way that when you are inspecting a condo or even a house, the master bathroom sometimes has large shower glass panels. These need to be installed correctly. And, you, and when you inspect it, you test it out, making sure water's not going to be splashing outside. Um, I've seen these installed incorrectly many times. There were a couple of subtle missing grout items and, and could be a little bit better caulk job on, on the master shower. Um, that was flagged in the report. Um, one or two other little tiny things, but nothing major. Now, one of the bathrooms, the hall bath, the guest bath, did have a window in the shower. 
and it is one of these, um, uh, I guess you would call it, instead of the way that they do tempered glass now, back then it wasn't tempered, but you had a, a wire mesh put in almost like chicken wire is really the consistency of what, what you see inside the, the window. And they made that with the chicken wire. So if it broke, the glass would stay together. Now, you don't want that window in full blast of the water, which not a whole lot of it's going to get on there, but it's really best to have a, a one of those mini shower curtains put on there uh, to protect the window from that water being splashed on the window and getting in the frame. So that was put in the report as well. Um, the electrical panel is 200 amps. Now, sometimes you have gas to the condo, sometimes you don't. It really depends on the situation when the renovator, the investor, is putting everything together. If there was gas and it was easy to do, then they continue with that and they run the gas lines everywhere and you have you know, your gas stove, you have your gas furnace, water heater, etc. This was all um, electric, uh, which is just neither here nor there. It's not a pro or a con. It's just, it just is. Um, that being said, uh, so you had glass top stove, you had uh, a heat pump for the heat. And, and uh, when it's 52 degrees outside, you, you test the heat and then you test the emergency heat, which is, I call it the booster heat. Um, that's for when it might be 20 degrees or less and one person says to the other, I'm I'm a little chilly. Well, flick on the emergency heat. You don't want to keep it on all day because it is it does take a lot of electric to run that electric heat. Um <clears throat> and uh you sometimes people forget about it. So maybe put an a maybe put an alarm on your on your watch or something to 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 run it for an hour and then turn it back off and just to boost the heat in, in the condo a little bit. Um Okay. Oh, I forgot to say on the uh, fire escapes, that's something just to let the homeowners association know. There was one little place where it attached to the upper parapet wall on the roof area that does need a repair. And uh, the homeowner association um, should want to do some sort of annual or every couple years fire escape inspection. That would be something to definitely... Um, um, uh, flag or or make them aware of as well as the whatever findings we did for the roof and anything exterior of course of course those go into the report and those are things that you can make the homeowners association aware of so that they can either budget for things or flag them um, okay the bedrooms outlets everything pretty much worked well not uncommon for one of these condos to have windows. Some of them never been opened or maybe not been opened for a while. And then even when they the unit gets painted, sometimes they paint the seals shut and that's kind of lazy painting. But um, to reopen those, maybe spray some silicon onto the silicon uh, spray uh, lubricant on the tracks and, and try to get those operational again. So, okay, so uh, some of the things that are unique about these condos, when you have a brick wall and you have other closets built in, that leaves very few places to put your furnace. Sometimes it's in a middle closet and, and it's in there with brooms and laundry and all that stuff. Well, this had the laundry area, 
but which we don't inspect the washer and dryer. But it also had um, a unique item in the uh, above the the master bathroom um, water closet area was a shelf built in, and that is where they s stowed the furnace and the um, water heater. And for tip, pretty typical for these condos, I call them low boys um, water heaters. They have the short water heater that's 40 gallons, but it's meant for a small compartmentalized space. And the furnace was in there as well. Now, I have seen sometimes where people had put the filter change still, you got to climb up into that closet to change the filter instead of it being in the ceiling. Fortunately, this one was intelligently put in the ceiling, like it should be for the cold air return. So you don't have to get on a ladder and get into that storage closet. Um, okay, so everything went really well, I do believe. Now, so th that left the basement. Now, basements at these, at these condos are really cool. Um, no pun intended, it is a little cooler down there, but there's all kinds of stuff to see. Uh, so underneath one building that has a building on its left and a building on its right, sometimes you have uh, arches in between them, and some of these buildings were old enough, and in the right area near the west end where all the breweries were uh, in the day, um, some of the breweries would rent some of the space of some of these stores or, or rooming houses, which, which is some of them were in the day, or manufacturing places, um, textile mills, whatever they may be. And this one didn't have arches or th that we could see. Maybe they were hidden behind drywall. but um, And it wouldn't surprise me if they were uh, hidden behind drywall because it's, almost, it's, it's, it's very common to have a 1850 to to 1910 type building to have arches because they're extremely strong. It's really good engineering and uh, in between the units. Now, when we went down there, we found the storage unit. We found, um, uh, we didn't really find the electrical uh, disconnect. I think it was just misnumbered. Um, that's in the report as well. Uh, I won't go into that, but it was just kind of, kind of a a goofy, unique situation which just needs a little clarification by the Homeowners Association or Duke Energy who might be able to come out and figure out which which meter goes with which unit. Um, I think, obviously, they have electric and there's going to be a bill and people have gotten a bill in the past, so it does exist, so must be mislabeled. Um, I think it boils down to that. <clears throat> okay, at the front wall of the... Um, condo building, there was a seepage area uh, coming in and going into a drainage pit. And then there was also a, a sump pump. Um, and then again, as I mentioned, on the left side, looking towards the building, there was a storefront. And on the right side, there was another storefront of another uh, business. And so there's going to be possibly connection points between these. So I'm tying the I'm tying these two two items together. So you had the seepage, which is coming from underneath the sidewalk, which might be in this coming from the street. But we have been in a drought in Cincinnati at least two to three good solid weeks of no rain, maybe even a month um, in the middle of fall. Yet there's seepage coming in, so it's not probably coming from groundwater. Um, 
maybe it is a, I don't know, water main, maybe it is something else, but it's definitely needs to be looked at. Um, is it a structural concern? Not immediate. Uh, I would definitely want to have it looked at and um, at least uh, uh, something with the HOA to, to take a look at that. And maybe there already has been a report done on it and documented um, and, and maybe provided a path of least resistance so it doesn't do any, um, doesn't do any deterioration over time uh, to the front wall. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. I've seen it before in other condo buildings where you have a seepage because you're so far underground and something seeps in and it goes to a drain and it's just like left on its own. So I think documenting it and having it looked at by somebody um, of a structural nature is probably a good path uh, to take a look at that. All right, so let's talk about the the establishments on the left and right. <clears throat> doesn't matter what they are, but if you're in the basement and you have a secure lobby that has a, um, a passcode to get in to get to the condos, but if you can go in one of the buildings next door and then bypass the lobby and get to the condo's elevator, that should be definitely noted and um, looked at by the HOA. And somehow that probably needs to be locked off or, or, or the lock changed on it, maybe to the same passcode, so you can't get in the building from anywhere else except the front door. So... Beyond the storage lockers, be, the closets, I should say, beyond the storage closets <clears throat> and all of the mechanicals, we were actually in a building next door. Well, that's kind of goofy. Yeah, so that needs to be um, brought up to the HOA. And again, these things that are not directly associated with the internals inside of a particular condo, you put in the report and uh, that it has to do with the... Um, homeowners association and that should be looked at okay so then we um where i where I, we identified the gas main we identified the electrical as i mentioned well kind of sort of uh where the water main is and really took a good look at the basement very solid no funky smells in, in this building that's good and the, the the condo unit itself was really solid so the front wall, which had a seepage point and a couple of repairs on the, a few repairs on the roof uh, for some patches that, that need to be replaced um, and a couple of other little minor things. Well, the, the, the uh, fire escape connection to the parapet wall, it's really just kind of sealing it, cleaning it up, making sure that water can't do any uh, damage to it. Really are the main items uh, for this particular unit. Oh, and one of the windows at the front did have a thermal seal failure as well as a little minor deterioration of the lower window frame uh, of, that, of that panel, or not panel, but uh, sash for the casement window. And uh, other than that, it went really well. And uh, it was really architected, really cool, great place, great building. And certainly qualifies to be called a um, fine condo on vine. So I hope you've gotten something out of this podcast. 
and you know a little bit about what things uh, we would be looking for or your inspector would be looking for when you are buying a regentrified or uh, renovated condo downtown in a particular city. Uh, hopefully it's Cincinnati. Uh, we do have a very fine city here. It's a great place to raise a family. I've been here 20 years. And uh, congratulations to the buyers. And until our next episode, this has been the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie. Thank you for listening.